My name is Sarah Yorgrau, and welcome to Now Tell Me Something Good, a podcast fueled by the belief that if we truly desire a more possible future, then we must first begin by expanding the way we observe, relate to, and experience both ourselves and the world around us. After over a decade of working in television and film, traveling deep inside this country and interviewing thousands of people across every walk of life, I know one thing for absolute certain, that a more possible future is within our grasp. So join me each week as I take you behind the curtain of how I stay optimistic, introduce you to inspiring individuals and organizations that will uplift your spirits, and leave you with some soul-nourishing tangibles to help you maintain or ignite your own fire, strong enough to keep yourself and others warm with possibility. Hey, how you doing out there? Or actually, more importantly, how are you doing in there? How's life? What's the very first story, thought, or central theme that popped up when I just asked you that? Pause for a second and think. Is that story true? Maybe. Or perhaps your brain jumped to a long-standing and cozy sort of narrative of convenience. You know those stories about our life that aren't entirely true, maybe once were true, maybe never were, but seem true enough? Or maybe you're not even entirely sure what your truthiest truth even feels like. And while being able to answer such a seemingly basic question like, how's it going, may feel like it should be a Duh. Very often, upon further examination, many of us discover that the answer to this is actually more of a huh. Because never before in the history of humankind have we ever had such bottomless and immediate access to this much information and opinions. And while our lives have gotten so much easier in so many ways, other things like hearing our own truth may have become a bit more complicated. In fact, in this modern age, it's actually easy to go through life playing a role that might be adjacent to, but not quite your truest self. One of my absolute favorite wordsmiths, poets, and all-around delicious storyteller, the late John O'Donohue, poised this beautifully in an Irish accent, one that I will not even attempt to mimic. Not because I don't think I'm good at it, because it's been confirmed that I'm not. He said, many people miss out on themselves completely as they journey through life. They know others, they know places, they know skills, they know work, but tragically, they don't know themselves at all. Because as deeply social creatures imprinted upon by this culture, it's really challenging to begin to even discern which narratives are ascribed to us by our acculturation versus which narratives are really our pathway to our truest self. Fortunately, there is one tool that each of us was born with our intuition. Strengthening our intuition, aka our unique language of freedom and the inner Sherpa of our personal liberation, is, like everything real, true, and lasting, a lifelong journey. Because telling the truth takes practice. Sure, it's the pathway to liberation. It's also profoundly unsettling. Mainly because, before being honest, we're socialized and rewarded to be polite and kind first. For instance, I'm fine, how are you? We may hear ourselves saying on autopilot when our world feels like it's virtually falling apart, or a friend may ask us with desperate, regretful eyes if we like their new bangs, the very ones we advised them against just last week. Well, you've proven me wrong. Look at you out here threatening to stir up some Beatles mania looking like a chic Ringo star. And while these, quote, little gray lies are definitely well-intended and certainly a way to maintain social equilibrium, they also majorly muddle the airwaves of our intuition and make it harder for us to hear and anchor ourselves to our own truth. 
Take a moment to think back on the last seemingly benign, or, you know, I won't limit you, maybe wildly malicious, lie that you last told. No judgment. This stuff is ubiquitous and completely universal. Why? Because even in the United States, the country that worships at the altar of individualism, our culture has conditioned us to hush our intuition and listen to the group or face the consequences. And while a firm awareness that we are both part of and deeply responsible for contributing to our collective experience, the irony is, is that we are of no real use to the group if we've lost a grip on our true gifts, passion, and authentic calling in life. For the past few years, I've become deeply committed, obsessed is a more honest descriptor, to unshackling my own narrative from other people's stories and projections of me. Not because they're not me per se, but because for me, happiness comes from feeling free. Free to choose, free to believe, free to change my mind, free to change my identity. And just like optimism, becoming free is a practice. One that we'll be talking about a lot during this season of Now Tell Me Something Good. But on today's episode, we're going to be exploring what I believe to be the crucial first leg of our pathway to freedom, cultivating a deeper connection with each of our intuitions. By the end of this episode, you can expect to have tools to help you observe and identify your inner voice, as well as five tangible practices and exercises to help you integrate this narrative shift into your own life. Because the reality is, even if we know something is off kilter in our life, changing our narrative, that takes courage particularly when it feels like that narrative is entrenched in so much of our social and cultural identity. It's all about strengthening that audacity muscle, baby. And while change can be intimidating, even painful at the beginning, it's far less painful than arriving to the end of our lives, realizing that the one life we lived, we didn't even truly live as ourselves. To really anchor yourself in this, go Google top five regrets of the dying. It'll remind you how to live. And fortunately for us, psychologists who study change and adaptation have discovered that positive transformations, like implementing a new habit or way of thinking, happens most quickly when done in small steps. Ugh, do we not love that ratio? So let's take the pressure off ourselves to go from zero to 100 and focus on going from zero to one or 64 to 65. Wherever you're at, it's the perfect place to start. Let's begin by clarifying exactly what we mean by intuition and personal freedom. Our intuition is our deepest voice and our truest knowing. It's also a deliberate skill that can be developed and used as a compass to guide us from one true thought to one true action. And when I say personal freedom, I don't mean or believe that we need to become radicals who divorce ourselves from all social constructs and go off and live in the woods. Though... To be honest, that's always sounded pretty intriguing to me, biding that there would be some sort of uh, dependable plumbing involved. And the pursuit of freedom and a relationship with your truthiest truth also doesn't mean that you don't subscribe or even find value in navigating and collaborating within the rules and stories of our culture. It simply means that your connection to your own story is stronger, strongest. It's ultimately about staying so anchored in our own truth, so rooted to our own knowing, that no changing weather can rock us from our soil. But truth, she is a wild one. Not only is truth as layered, nuanced, and wildly dynamic as we are, but it's also subjective, which is precisely why it's fundamental that we do not give away our knowing to someone else. 
Because fueled by the desire for certainty, pleasure, and even a momentary relief from pain, we run the daily risk of giving away the agency required to actually build the confidence, clarity, and connection with our own truth. I can't tell you how many years I've spent in this life overestimating other people's brilliance and dimming my own internal wisdom, waiting for someone else's permission and approval for something that I already knew, or directions to a life that they've never lived. It has taken me so, so many years to trust my voice. And even now, I still catch myself slipping into the occasional disempowering pattern or relational dynamic in which I outsource my intuition and power to another person. Like I said, this is lifetime's work. New level, new devil. Because even if it's just the little things, those tiny little small, seemingly benign things, enough of these little things morph into something big, running the risk of creating and cementing a self-concept held together by fragmented pieces of other people's projections, reflections, or opinions of you. Sounds messy, no? So much easier to stick with just one story. Yours. Now, if the spiritual disconnection from our inner knowing doesn't feel like a big enough disruption to your reasonably honest life, maybe the health implications will. Because silencing our truth may seem totally fine, totally normal on the top level of our lives. Below the surface, the disconnection is slowly wreaking havoc on our mental and physical health. Lying, aka spiritual duplicity, like the little feeling of separation from our truth and our lives, even about the small stuff, has been linked to depression, heightened anxiety, and internal anguish. And because lies often proliferate to sustain their complicated webs, the strain of these false narratives start to demand more and more effort from the brain, tying up and slowing down the rest of our mental functioning. Study after study has linked dishonesty to heart disease, increased blood pressure, and greater hormonal reactions to stress, like cortisol spikes, glucose, and cholesterol levels. But fortunately, there's a remedy for this. As new studies have come forward, like this recent one out of the University of Notre Dame, that says introducing more honesty back into our lives, even in the small ways, can lessen these symptoms almost immediately. So how do we do this? How can we cultivate that deeper connection to our intuition and, you know, live forever? Or maybe not live forever, but at least live more fully while we're here. Because like I said, I have been obsessed with this subject for the past few years, reading every book I can get my hands on and trialing and erroring like my life depended on it, which arguably my big life does. All of our big lives do. So here are the five most effective areas that I have found to focus on, along with the tangible tools and practices that have sharpened my intuition more than anything else. Feel free to write these down as you go along or check out the link in my show notes to get these exercises for your easy reference. All right, here we go. Number one. Last man or woman on earth. Here is an exercise that always sharpens my airwaves back to self when I find myself outsourcing or asking questions or delegating things that really I should know myself. As best you can, for the next 24 hours, try not to outsource a single question to anyone else. Start with the small stuff. For instance, if you're trying on clothing for an upcoming vacation and are torn between two outfits, resist the urge to text a friend a photo for them to decide. Do this for everything. Observe what happens and take notes. Number two, meditation. Get still, get quiet. The intuition is the strongest voice in your life. It's also the quietest, which is why it is so important to infuse each of your days 
with the stillness and quiet to be able to even hear this voice. Meditation is an incredible tool for strengthening your intuition. Personally, it's the first thing I do when I wake up every single morning before checking my phone, email, or even having my coffee. Not because it is what I feel like doing. In fact, it's usually the last thing in the world I feel like I have time for. But I've experienced too many times how much more spaciousness and ease it gives me to consciously create my days versus spending the full day reacting and being distracted by the noisiness of it all. Start with five minutes each morning and work your way up. Honestly, this is the best time in the history of the world to begin a meditation practice with so many easy, affordable, even free apps out there to help you find the best style that works for you. I'm not being hyperbolic. Your whole life and connection to yourself will change from a dedicated meditation practice. Number three, journaling. Personally, this exercise has changed my life and sharpened my intuition more than anything else. As the late author Jane Didion famously said, I don't know what I think until I write it down. I get it, girl. I've been journaling on and off and bursts and bouts throughout my entire life, but have yet to be able to stick to a practice until I started doing morning pages seven months ago. I am on day 212 and have missed only two days of writing because it is that good. What makes this practice different from standard journaling is that it's a free flow brain drain. As a writer, it's easy for me to get mired in my pursuit of the most creative prose and flowery language, which is why this style feels like a really kind of punk rock form of healing. The only rules are you got to keep writing no matter what. Thinking of how you need to change the trash bag in the downstairs bathroom? Throw it on the page. Contemplating complicated work dynamics? Flow it right in there after that. The goal is to witness how much fluff we have in our thinking how many untrue, outdated, or thoughts that aren't even ours that we have floating around in our heads. And quite literally, nothing I have found works better than this. I write at least three pages as messily and freely as I can, and then, like clockwork, by the end of page two, the truth is pouring out of me. Because writing unlocks the unconscious mind. And the unconscious mind is where your intuition lives. Number four, drop back into your body. Our minds can play games with us, but our bodies are straight shooters. And the intuition speaks to us most clearly through our bodies. So start to take more notice. Take notice how you feel in certain situations or around certain people. How are your energy levels? Do you feel tired or energized after spending time with them? Resist the urge to run away, to distract, to go bake cookies or call your friend. Because in order to change our situations, we must first observe them from a lens of truth. This week, challenge yourself to collect that data. Keep a track in your journal or write it down in the notes section of your phone. Number five, ask new questions. Asking new questions helps give us the confidence and courage to speak and hear our truth. It also increases our sense of agency. This simple yet game-changing practice of questioning any disempowering belief that we may hold on to helps to challenge our convictions and open up even the smallest little crack for new possibilities. Think of a disempowering thought that you hold. Try and pull one up right now. It could literally be anything from, I'm never gonna find my person, to I need to go to 14 trainings of this cooking series before I can advertise myself as a chef. Now, let's test those. Write down as many reasons as possible why, insert your disempowering belief, might not be true. Let yourself riff. If you're feeling crazy blocked to reasons why, try and ask a trusted friend or family member to help expose some other perspectives. Reject whatever doesn't resonate for you and pull in what 
kind of rings and dings in your body like another possible truth. In summary, the path to our collective freedom starts with connecting back to ourselves. And to do this requires a deeper relationship to our intuitions. Because our entire worlds are defined by the stories we tell and the habits we continue. So to change our worlds, we got to change up our stories and shift our habits. And remember, as interdependent and social creatures, tapping into a well-vetted story and message can certainly help illuminate your path. But combining this insight with your own voice and your own light will only make your path that much brighter. Thank you so much for spending your time with me this week. I hope this episode got you excited about connecting more deeply back to your truth, the truth that will lead you to your unique pathway of your unique fulfillment. And to get the PDFs of these exercises for your easy reference, click the link in the show notes to sign up for a short and effective email containing a bullet-pointed list of just the important stuff in highly Virgo fashion. Until next time.